Hello and welcome to episode number 18 of the Cashflow Pirate Podcast. My name is still Richard, as it is every episode, and it is the 8th of January 2020. So this is the first episode of the year, so lucky, lucky you. Um, I know I always seem to change the uh, the plan of this podcast, and I say I'm going to talk about a subject next week, and I don't. But that's just, you know, the way it goes. So I've actually got a different episode this week, because this week... We have a guest. Oh yes, a guest. We have a guest on the show, and not just any guest. Um, we have a very good friend of mine who we've just discovered. Twelve years, friends. Well, I thought it was about four years, but it's actually twelve years. So we've been friends friends for twelve years. We, fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to say, it, worked at the same place for a big majority of that. Stuck in a dark room with no windows, but I'll get, I'll get to that later. Um, so his name's. His name's Kevin, um, but like I said, he's a very good friend of mine, and he's got an interesting story, and it, and he's, and he's kind of battling the same, exactly the same things that I'm battling with as well, and we quite often, I'm just going to go straight into the episode, by the way, I'm not, we're not going to do the uh, books that I'm reading this week and stuff, so I'm just going to go straight into chatting with Kev, um, so I'll just introduce him before I actually properly introduce him. So, like I said, we worked together for, oh, God, I don't know, eight years or something like that, um, being stuck in the dark room, fixing laptops and computers with no windows, very depressing, probably getting poisoned by the strange chemicals we were having to use, but um, no one told us that, so it's a bit late for that. Um, and what happened is that eventually we both left that company to do our to do our own things we both tried different career paths we both went our own way um, but of course we stayed in contact and well i went one way kev actually lived the dream he created his own company he left this other company and he went self-employed he started his own company went self-employed had an idea and bam went for it which is perfect. Yeah, that sounds like that sounds awesome. And he's still doing this job. Oh, I say job. He's still still running his company to this day, which is a f oh, I'll ask him in a second about the, about the times. But um, still still going, still going with it. So it sounds like a dream come true. It sounds exactly what we're all trying to do: build our own company and run it, um, which is awesome. But there is a big, there is a but in this. I still have regular conversations with Kev about all the things that we still both struggle with. So rather than just chatting on the phone and then those conversations being lost forever, I just thought it'd be cool if we can get Kev on and chat about the stuff we normally chat about. So it's not going to be the smoothest episode in the world because we're just going to be two friends chatting about our business ideas and business problems and all the things we struggle with. And hopefully some of this will, will resonate to, to you guys and you'll realise that, you know, not everyone has got it worked out and and everybody is having the same problems that you're having all the stupid little questions you have about stuff everybody else has them um so let me introduce kevin um kevin hello welcome to the podcast hello richard hello how's it going and hello to all your cash flow pirate listeners thanks for having yeah, me on the show my pleasure thank you for being here this is very cool this is at a first so um, in over a, over a year of the podcast being out, actually, so I should have done this way earlier. Uh, but it's hard finding people to come on. 
yeah, you have asked uh, me a few times. I just yeah, I have got around to times. committing. A stealthy dig, but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, like I said, was most of that, that like I said, I know it's only a brief intro, just off the top of my head, but that's pretty much it. So we worked together in that dark room, listening to audiobooks, Spanish. Well, we tried and Spanish. Really together. weird. Yes. We did try, we did try and learn <laughs> Spanish. See, all that time, Kev, we could have been, we could have been learning business stuff. It's true. What are we doing? But Why were we podcasts to... even on the, they were on the scene, but. Yeah, they were. I don't know what we were listening to, but we weren't listening to business stuff. No. Um, <laughs> but, as I was saying, but we got to the point where I, mean, I left that company and I started just getting another job. I just went and got another job. A, you know, a better job, to, to be fair, but I've got another job now and it's um, better than where we were. But you, you actually left and created your own company. I mean, so just... Tell us the company that you created, you know, the name, what your idea was and kind of how you went about starting the company and where you're at now. Yeah. Right. So it was actually thanks to you, Richard, as you you were the action taker that got that job initially uh, while we (laughs) left the same place and then you got that other job and then you kind of gave me the nod going, oh, they're actually looking for another technician there. Why don't you jump ship and come with me? Which... Uh, went for the interview and I did actually get the job with you it was a very basic mm. interview to be honest wasn't it um, <laughs> yes um, and term. then one thing led to the other you, we were doing computers and general um, hardware fixes for what front of house sort of customer support weren't we um, and then mm-hmm. the phone repairs were a sideline thing that you were kind of thrown in the deep end as well um, and then you had maybe about a month's kind of passed down knowledge from someone, wasn't it? I don't, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, it, it was a, it was a PC repair shop, like a high street PC repair shop. Um, and we used to get, um, you know, people coming off the street with their with their laptops and PCs, and and as it was going on, we ended up getting more and more mobile phones, tablets. You know, it was just this was what? How many years was this kid? Five. Five years oh, ago? maybe even six because oh, I, I think yeah, yeah I was there for a year and a half you were there for a few months but yeah um, <laughs> so yeah so we were just fixing people's iPhones with pretty much zero training I mean like YouTube and Google were our training methods in this yeah um, and that's all we were doing so again I only stayed there for about six months and I left and I dragged poor Kev along and then went this is great uh, see you later bye Although that was the thing that was the the window for me to think about my thing, which was basically um, not enjoying working for who who we were working for, but yeah. think you know thinking that we could do or I could do a better job my own, but I couldn't afford a, a shop front or anything, so it was basically I don't need that much space. Um, all the equipment and everything for fixing mobile phones and tablets and everything is pretty small, so the outlay was quite small um, and I just thought why don't I do it myself so I started researching bits and pieces for parts and supplies in China and all that sort of stuff um, and then the main vessel of the business was going to be doing it all in the back of a van so I was going to travel to customers get to their location and have a workshop a workshop set up in the back of my van uh, with all the necessary equipment, good lighting, you know, charging system for phones and all that sort of stuff, get to their house and say, 
most common repairs a smash screen get to the house um, pick up the phone from them parked outside either on their driveway or very close by and then repair the phone there and then and get it back to them within about half an hour an hour well depending on which repair it was obviously and yeah drive on to the next customer was the idea um, yeah and I mean we I mean I actually again I actually think and thought then this is a great idea because when we were working it, it was one of the problems we were finding is that where where the shop was located it was a real pain to get to it's a really awkward location so we didn't have really any you know just casual walk by customers did you i mean that people had to know where we were and they had to take time out of their day bring their device along with them um hold on to it and watch over us while we touch their devices because no one wants you doing anything to their phone without yes. knowing without them knowing it's a nightmare um and then when you tell them well oh, there's a couple of hour wait because we've got a stack of others to do and that was the problem they were going oh well, i'll go somewhere else then because they just didn't want to come all the way there and then wait and you know and come back later that wasn't happening so your idea of actually just okay well i'll bring the repair to you rather than the phone to the repair which again it's a great idea and it did and it was a genuine problem that we were facing in in the company yeah um, so so you set, so you got all that done. You got yourself a van. You kitted it out with a with a workshop in the back. It looks really cool. Um, you made some cool little edits, and I mean the fact that you're like six foot four, <laughs> six four which is hilarious. Ish, yeah. Which is hilarious in the back of a little white transit van or whatever it is. Stole my yeah. old computer chair <laughs> and chucked it in the back. And yeah, yeah. So that was quite funny. But. Um, so so you left that so you sorry so you left the company you set up your own business um what did you call it repaired at your door there you go i mean it's as simple as that repaired at your door so the good thing about that name again it was kind it was obvious what you do you repair things at people's door it's not specific enough that you can't change what you, you know it's not that was I the idea behind it because door. it was phones, yeah. it was laptop screens, it was general computer repairs, yeah. all that. And sort you of never stuff. know what's going to be. You never know what's going to need need repairing, are you? And it might change in the future, so it leaves you open. So the name's great. Um, yeah, did you all started the, off. Did all the social media side of things. Set up a Facebook page. You very kindly set up an, a website for me. Um, mm -hmm. which had all you know the general information and an about me page and and most importantly a, a free you know uh, what was it called a free quote page sort of registration oh yes 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 uh, which is very handy stuff, even yeah. to this day I get a lot of inquiries via that um, but yeah like you said that seemed like the dream but in reality I created yeah, but where, a very what does it mean why are we here why why this all sounds perfect so why are we still having discussions like several years later after you started the company i still speak to you on the phone almost weekly because something's not quite right is it yeah well it's down to i guess the main reason is firstly technology is no longer my passion it was maybe maybe going back 20 years ago when i was massively into computer games along with you richard that was you know one of our <laughs> sort of common interests um yeah still is still is well for you I don't as much as I love computer games I just don't play them anymore as you know um, but that was my entrance into that whole technology field but now it's just if I'm honest it's not really my passion 
passion and I don't it doesn't drive me to want to push this further and do more there's so much more I, I, I probably could do with it and what I definitely could do with it but yeah, yeah right, so, so this is interesting okay so this is back to the um, the passion story again do you work for your passion and what I find interesting is is I don't know what I can't, I've read so many books I've forgotten which book it was in now I should make a note so but the book was saying that I was reading <laughs> was you know your passion doesn't have to necessarily be the the, the product or the, the business that you create it doesn't actually have to be the passion that, you, that you're following the passion can be I want loads of money that's the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss I'm pretty sure Thank you. Well, where have I heard it? And but that's great because sometimes your passion just makes a rubbish business, and you struggle to make a business out of your passion. You know, it's, you know, it's true. Not every single passion is going to be profitable. So I think it's really nice to think. Okay, my passion is just I want to make loads of money. I want to go on holiday loads. That is my passion. So so your business that you create is the means to get your passion going. Um, obviously, if you can make your passion make you money that's ideal because then you get you know double whammy there but i just find it interesting that you've got to the point where you're you seem to be you seem to be stuck that seems to be the problem but as we keep discussing on our phone calls but as i said can you be stuck if you don't actually know where you're trying to get unstuck to go to Possibly you know, not. Where are you, yeah, just wandering where are you around, aren't you? It, it's the same thing. It's the same target, isn't it? It's, it's the same thing. You, you can't be lost if you're not actually heading anywhere, are you? You're just where you are, which is exactly where you are now. Um, and I know that we've discussed your business quite a lot, and it does seem to be one of the problems is, is scalability. Because you are one man in one van in one physical location. So obviously you can't drive 100 miles to fix someone's iPhone. It's just not worth it. No. So that limits your area and you can't have, the only other way you can scale it really is if you do like group repairing and teach people to repair or if you do a franchise model where you franchise out the name, you know, then, then you become a you know, franchisee. Franchiser. Yeah, exactly. There's loads of things I thought of I can do. and But because you don't, they don't care about it but because you don't love it mm. you're not driven to do that mm. so you're at the stage now of you know your company's been running it's making you it's making you a living yeah that's great i mean it's awesome the fact that you've been able to uh, you know run your life in the company that you've made which is awesome so it's, it's funded your family life as it as it's been going which is great but where do we go from here you know um, you know this podcast we're not going to have the answer for this question and this is the this is the point of it we're just going to discuss <laughs> what happens now so if you don't love your if you don't love your business now Kev yeah. um, what what do you love what do you want to do I mean tell me that you know the craziest it doesn't matter if it's going to make money or not but what what would you want to do if you had a choice do you do you even know I mean I have no idea no I don't. This is the same thing that Which we've been crazy, discussing about all the time. That's why we <laughs> listen to so many books. And I don't know if it's hindered my thought process or not, or trying to help me. Um, but a lot of my passions lie in 
like I was mentioned before, I was massive into my reptiles and things growing up in Zimbabwe. Uh, so the general outdoors, um, hiking, um, now kite surfing, and Brazilian jiu-jitsu is another thing I spend a lot of time doing. Mm. Um, Cause you're now a black belt, aren't you? Yes, I am recently a black Congratulations. belt. Thank Congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah, so you can uh, pay your phone and then choke you out. <laughs> It's not a service he offers, but I mean, you know, if you pay enough, I'm sure he will. Yeah, I'd just like to apologise uh, for my my coughing at the moment because, yeah, obviously, I, I sound pretty it's rough. It's January. Uh, January, I've got a cold, so got, bear with me. Yeah, <laughs> it's all right. You go for it. Um, we uh, okay. Well, let me let me just say this then. Okay, so you don't I mean. What is strange is that we are both kind of similar. We both have variety of interests that, that we we'd like to pursue but don't feel like we can make money on our particular interests um, or don't know how to go about it um, and I don't I don't want to be tied down to one thing but I wish I had one thing I was tied down to <laughs> yeah that's a good way to put it which is weird but I do envy people that have got you know that just say I want to I want to sell kites I love kites I'm gonna make my own kites I'm gonna sell kites and that's what I'm going to do. And I'd love to be able to do that, but I can't because I'd be walking to the kite shop and I'd see a computer game shop and I'd have to go and have a quick look. And I'd have to, have, you know what I mean? I, I can't focus on one thing. That's just not me. And I've tried loads to find the one thing I want to focus on and it just doesn't work. And what, as, as I was saying, as I said last week, that I'm reading the free range, be a free range human at the moment. And as I said, that's really changed my outlook on having to find one thing that you need to be passionate or, or excited about. That if you do love five things, then work with those five things to make them make money for you. Um, and I think that's just like we need to, with you, Kev, we just need to figure out if you're a, a one interest man, are you, uh, uh, you know, are you, I mean, are you interested in having an online business or would you like to have a physical business or a service business or do you have any idea? Well, I think I'm very similar to you. I'd love to get online in some respect, um, whether it would be an e-commerce store or a tuition-based sort of website or mm -hmm. um, what's it called? Basically anything online to kind of make something as they always call evergreen so once you put something out on the internet you might need to update it. it's not that I don't want to be lazy it's just that once you put some of their good content out there you can update it every now and then and still repurpose it and sell it to other people mm. and you know ideally make some sort of funnel down the line um, get a clientele based and a fan base that likes your content and add from there really I think I think that's kind of the dream. But. but okay, so are you are you interested at all in building up repaired at your door? Well, I think we've mentioned this on phone calls before. Yes, if I knew it was making me amazing money now, with mm -hmm. I probably would. I'd go, yeah, I'd do this and do that. But the thing is, it's the work I do is is very stressful for the for the the reward at the moment yeah. could you struggle with a lot of a lot of 
Chinese, because obviously the parts are from China or wherever you can get them from. And some of the quality is so up and down, which is exactly the same problem we had in the shop. Yes. That is one of the aspects. But yeah, things are never straightforward. Even if you've got brilliant parts, it can be very hit and miss what you've been told by the customer whether the device has had liquid damage or this or that or been repaired yeah. before and yeah it's it, it's very tricky especially being on site um, so yeah in hindsight a shop front is probably a bit easier wouldn't I wouldn't be wasting so much time driving around as such as well and I could concentrate mm-hmm. on other things but yeah that's going off in a different vein but yeah, yeah, but but to me, like I said, I don't get the impression that you you want to continue this massively. You, no, it no, seems no, that you're, no, con- you're, right. you're continuing it because because it's working just about enough. Well, that okay. This the biggest drive, similar to what we've all discussed, and you're doing as well. You want to work for yourself, and that, like you said earlier, is the dream. I have created a, a business that I'm working for myself. I'm, I don't answer to anyone else, and I've had a taste of it and I would dread having to go back to work for anyone else. So that's why, just like yourself, I'm pondering all the time on something else that I could, you know, maybe work alongside Repaired at Your Door to begin with, but then ideally take over Repaired at Your Door and just, yeah, just do my main passion or this other thing that I would love to do rather than working with technology, basically. So, I mean, what you could do is obviously doing the job that you do does allow you, I wouldn't say it's free time, but you have time that is not allocated all the time, if you, if you see what I mean. Like, you do have time in between jobs, don't you? You do have yeah. time sat in the van. You know, if you drive somewhere and the next one's not for an hour, you're not going to go home, are you? You're going to wait closer to the place and go there then. Um, and some days are quiet, some days are busy. So you are in... You know, it seems like you know, where the hell do I go with this? But the fact is, you 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 do you really do have the time to figure out what you want to do or test some things that you want to do. You know, I know we've discussed we have you know discussed doing Amazon FBA before, um, but that's looking more and more unlikely. With you do need a decent startup capital capital for that really, and between us both, we we just don't have it and. It's just awkward, and there's plenty of other ways we can make money that aren't involving Amazon FBA at the moment. So, if you're talking about, so really, you're looking at um, an e-commerce store or a, or a, again services. You could do a service, but it's or training again. Training. I mean, I can't really teach black belt jujitsu on Skype, can you? No, but a lot of people do online sort of courses with that sort of stuff. As Facebook does, it always stalks you, and I get loads of, you know, adverts for, you know, well-known black belts is the thing with all their courses and all that sort of stuff, you know, world champions and what have you. Um, And I'm sure they make a good living off of it. But, yeah, again, that's, yeah, but but that's the whole thing we always hear about. Why can't you do it you might not be a well-known person but if you put good content out there you know maybe you can do well, it yeah, that's I mean, why i always have exactly. self-doubts and all that sort of stuff but yeah it's yeah. very tricky i know, to pull you, the I know trigger you do and struggle do i know you do struggle with the self-doubting and kind of uh, imposter syndrome Im- yeah 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 you, you kind of feel like you have to know all the answers before you yeah. start start something and 
I think I was like that at the, at the start as well. I think I thought, oh, I can't do this because, you know, but I've, I've got so sick of it now. I'm just plowing through about 100 different things now. Just <laughs> and but I think I think we kind of just need to get you started on something. I think, you know, I think we just need to get you started on something else that you can work on in between stuff. Um, whether that's a... Um, well, the, uh, but that, as you know, Rich, sorry to interrupt, but that, as you know, I have had started something else. <laughs> when we started doing all these sideline things, I did that, um, my online store, um, yeah. like a print-on-demand store, similar to what you've done with Amazon Merch, but there's other providers out there, and one of them is a company called T-Mill, uh, based on the Isle of Wight, and they all supposedly eco-friendly sort of yeah. wind-powered factories and that was the one that appealed to me for doing a print-on-demand service for clothing and I I probably went the wrong way round and I, I got all crazy and thinking oh I need to think of a good name and a, a logo and all that sort of stuff and not thinking about my clientele as much well I kind of did but then it kind of just got lost in the yeah. Nether. Yeah, you, you got dragged into focusing on the on the not so important stuff, really, didn't you at first? Which is obviously because you don't want to put something out that looks rubbish. But the thing is, we didn't work out, or you didn't work out, we didn't work out um, if there was a market for it properly, and what kind of things the people that you're targeting are interested in first. Which is what we should have done first. We should have researched what you who your market is, where they are, what other people they listen to. Yeah. Um, and kind of, and the thing is, it's kind of, kind of, what were you trying to sell? What were you selling an ideal? Were you selling products? Were you selling help? You know, what were you actually offering? So it was, it was just a print on demand service. Cause I heard everyone, not everyone, but it was quite a, a big everyone, craze yeah. of, you know, potential to, if you get your, designs made by a third party person you know on Upwork and uh, Fiverr like you've mentioned on your other podcasts because I've got no artist, artistic skills either so ooh, high five there we go oh, <laughs> destroying the place that was a box <laughs> sorry um, blame the cat blame the cat <laughs> she is, yeah um, sorry I've lost my train of thought now uh, no we were just talking about Oh yeah, you you started up your your, your print on demand store, but without a real idea of where you were going with it. Well, yeah? I kind of it was it was along the the backstory is I, I have told you, Richard, but for the audience purposes, it was yeah, yeah, my yeah. um a shaka. There's a hand gesture a gesture called the shaka, which a lot of Hawaiian surfers. It was originated in Hawaii, where you you know your thumb and your pinky finger are extended, and your other fingers are like clenched in the fist. Uh, when they shake it up in the air, it's like it's called a shaka basically. And when you put, I just thought it was a cool gesture, but it's been used so many times on the internet. And I basically changed that and put two hands together. No one does it. And if you put two of the shakas together, it forms a pretty cool pattern, I thought. And that's why I came up with the name. It became two shaka because it's associated with all the, you know, kind of kite surfing and even Brazilian Jiu Jitsu they use it so it was kind of with all my sort of sports that symbols yeah. used so much and that was kind of the idea behind the whole logo and then it was I want to kind of create something around the jet adventure sports but also be environmentally sort of friendly it's like 
I like all the adventure sports that have low impact on the environment, and that's why I use tea mill because they're wind powered. Um, they are, yeah, absolutely. So it was all it was all that kind of thinking and having t-shirts around kite surfing and well, more about animals. I didn't bring in the jiu-jitsu side of aspect, but it was kite surfing and kayaking and outdoor advent outdoor adventures with um, animals and all that sort of stuff, and trying to maybe bring awareness about you know what's happening in the world with deforestation and all that sort of stuff um so yeah so that was the idea i had loads of t-shirts design i think i've got about f- maybe even 40 on my t-mill store and again wow. have you really wow yeah I, I can't remember it again it's been so long since i've even looked at it that's that's the thing <laughs> i've made all these i even did the website myself and then I just didn't pull the trigger, so it could be they could be the best T-shirts in the world and quite a nice website, but no one in the world knows about it. So I'm not going to get any sales because I was too scared of it being out there and being account, you know, accountable for it's it. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah, it's so, so funny. It's so such I'm, a weird, yeah. It's such a weird to do all that work up up front and to get stuck at the bit where you just tell someone else about it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's holding you up. It's crazy. Um, but it's common, you know. Lots of people suffer from that. So, so, so really, you need marketing. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so, so, do you have all the social media accounts and all that? I set them up, very basic. But there's no <laughs> info information on them. There's the the basic logo and a few pictures. I just did the initial setup, and again, didn't do anything with it didn't post one single advert didn't even do one google ad nothing no yeah. no one in the world knows about it apart from you and maybe a few friends and family that i mentioned it to but yeah it's there okay. and well that's interesting because you you've kind of done a lot of the work there again i know i don't know how many did you do any um like google trends research or anything like that on it at uh, all? no it was mainly because i'd seen other kite surfing sort of print-on-demand ones come through my Facebook (laughs) adverts feed, I guess, as well. So I thought (laughs) that's kind of what gave me the idea. And, you know, I kind of saw that they were getting a lot of um, impressions or whatever you want to call it, a lot of comments and things on those sort of things and lots of shares. And, yeah, I thought there there was no upfront cost. There was no downside to setting up a store and trying, although it is £10 a month now for the, the pro thing which is another thing mm. we touched on before i yes. have spent yeah we did i i use that as a a guilt trip into me <laughs> doing something with my my store so i've been t- paying 10 pounds for probably over a year now and i still haven't done anything with it so that guilt trip did not work on me <laughs> and i've wasted all that mm. money when i should have put in probably 120 pounds in my first advert yeah. at least to yeah, put yeah, it out to the go. world to see what happened but again that's my fault so I'm learning from expensive mistakes okay well I mean this but at least you're, like I said I said you on the phone but at least you're noticing your mistakes now and you're noticing when you should have done stuff and and I know you keep getting stuck at this stage but it's it's a starting point and like with, so with this store, I mean, obviously you're a keen kite surfer anyway, so it's not like it's a niche you thought, well, oh, that'll sell loads. It's something you're interested in and you thought, oh, this is a unique approach. This is a unique thing I can build. So it's kind of a, a brand that you can build up yourself and it is related to you. 
Um, I don't know, we talked about going down to the beach and getting some footage of you kite surfing to use as well. Um, you know, we can do that. Again, why have we not done that? You've got a, got a GoPro, haven't you? No, I don't actually. I borrowed Jules once, but <laughs> I don't have one. Okay. Yeah, I may have broken up when I fell off the bike. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, so, okay, so, I mean, just selling T-shirts is, is, is now, I think these days, is probably a harder sell because your brand has got no, has got nothing behind it. There's no, no story. There's no... That's the thing. It's just, yeah. You need but, to make a whole brand behind it and... You, you do. You do. But, I mean, have you thought about, like, introducing some other products? So maybe, like, building a store. Again, just drop shipping. Have you thought about building a store for, like, windsurfer, surfer accessories or things like that? No, on, I haven't. Oh, no, I haven't. If I'm honest, I haven't looked I mean, into any of that stuff. Is there any, is there any like, common things that, that kite surfers buy that they have to replace so often or, you know, any clothing that they have to buy or straps or... I don't know what I don't know what you yeah, guys no, wear. No, I, mean. I know the vein of thinking of, you know, replenishables is always a good one, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. But um, or unique stuff, you know, like if there's a uh, not okay, not this, but let's say the board is just a big white board. Could you buy a multicolored one off of AliExpress? You know, that you can't get in the shop. What can you not buy in a regular shop here? What is there something you you're just not easy to buy? Where do people get their kite surfing stuff from? I, ain't got, I haven't got a clue. Yeah, there's some very big websites out there. Again, that's the sort of thing you see those and you go, oh, no, I'm, that's not, I'm not going to compete with them sort of thing. But you've got to start somewhere. But that's the train of thought. You see these big water sports websites and you think, mm. well, they're doing it for so-and-so prices and you're never going to compete. But, but that gives you, now, they're giving you proof that you can make money. Oh, there's a market they, for it. Yeah, okay. So they they're proving the market. If they if they've set up these, you know, multi-million pound websites with advertising and all this fancy design, you know, as you can see, you can get a website up in a day if you really want to. That's not a problem. You just got to find, you know, what stuff is selling on their on their site. What are they what are they not doing? Are they selling like items that can easily be replicated? On AliExpress, I'm not saying that dropshipping is the answer to everything, but it might give you a place to start. And um, you know, again, like I said, dropshipping is not ideal because of the time time problem of delivery. But if if you can find something on there that's a lot cheaper and maybe a bit different to whether again whether you wear like a I don't know, say a strap that's connected to your ankle, that whatever that's called. Um, a leash. I, yeah. don't even, I know what you mean. There yeah. you go. So, is there some like really funky, weird custom ones on AliExpress that you can offer? Because then you can just run some adverts and just target those big companies, their audience, to say, right, people who like this company, and then send them your advert for your thing, and then you put that on your store next to your T-shirts. It just that was my question, Rich. As you probably know that that I. I I, I like your thinking, but that's I don't know how that works with, say, a print-on-demand T-shirt store like T-Mill, because I think that's just a standalone store. I don't know how you can have an additional sort of, you know, vein of products that's been dealt with by yeah. you know a completely different company. Because obviously, if someone sees a T-shirt and they go, "Oh, I like that T-shirt," and they go, "Oh, oh I also need." a leash whatever like you, your example was mm. but then that's two different checkouts if you know what I mean uh, that's why I, I still didn't push the other things further as well because I just thought oh, I'll just go with the t-shirts um, 
and then just got stuck on there like I said and didn't do anything with them but then other things hindered me and I just didn't take it anywhere. Well ideally you do want the t-shirts on the same store just from a, a technical standpoint where people are going there and then having to load up a different store for the t-shirts that is obviously not ideal. Um, so long term I would try and get the t-shirts on the same website but there's nothing stopping you creating a store for these for these products these other products um and i suppose technically you could still offer the t-shirts and the sizes as a product on your your new store and then when someone buys them you just order them on your other store manually okay do you see what I mean? Yeah, no, uh, yeah. That's, that's a really awkward way of doing it, by the way. What you want to do is you want to get them off that store and put them into a. If you, I don't know if you're. I mean, really, this is like a Shopify jobby. That'd be way easier. Yeah. Open up a Shopify account. Open up a store. Click import. Bam, done. Um, and Shopify is normally twenty nine dollars a month, which is a problem, but. Um, if you ever watch Emma Reed, her YouTube videos, she's on it. She's on everywhere at the minute. Mm -hmm. um, but if you watch her videos, she actually gave an amazing tip for Shopify, where you can get it for free, <laughs> which is pretty awesome. Yeah. So you basically sign up as a developer, a Shopify developer, um, because what people do, they sign up as a developer, and then they sell those websites to people, or they work on them for a client. And then they sell them the final product sort of thing. So Shopify goes, oh, great, these people are designing stuff for, for clients and then selling them to them, which is awesome because we're making more sales. So you can set yourself up as a developer and then you just keep the store yourself and it's free. They don't charge you until it gets handed over. That's crazy. That, that seems like a loophole. They're definitely going to close a, up. It's a massive... Well, it is a loophole. Um, but again, if you think it's going to close up, well, why have you not started it before it closes? You know? Yeah. So there you go. So you could just create a Shopify account now if you wanted to. Have a look on AliExpress. Well, I mean, I wouldn't do that first. But go on AliExpress, see if you can find some stuff. See what you can find, see what's out there, what's missing on these big stores. Is there anything in AliExpress that isn't in the big stores or something that's easily repli replicatable? That's a hard word to say. Um, and just see if you can find stuff to, to load a store up with. And then all you need to do is get you know, say five, ten products, and then just start running some ads to them. Simple as that. You don't have, you don't even have to have a lot on your website. You just need a basic store set up, and all you need to do is run that ad to that specific product. So yeah. you just send them straight to the product page. So as long as you make your product page look good. Okay. And again, all all the pictures come from AliExpress. That if you get a good one, they okay. provide them all. No, I understand. I understand that, Rich. But mm -hmm. this is this is my other doubt. This is it's probably down to my sort of frugal spending and how I am the whole time. Because again, when I see ads like that, it, it's it's risky to buy from someone that there's no sort of social proof that they're a brand or and 
you know, you see those sort of adverts and you go, oh, I kind of browse over them. But I don't know if, if people do buy from those sort of sites. Maybe they do. They must do. They do. If they exist. They do. Because I, mean, I just think... not the target audience then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's what I mean. I think, oh, that's why I stay away from those because I just think, oh, it might be a scam and all that sort of stuff. But that's kind of my frugal spending because I'm so, I don't know... You know, not careful. rock, not you're yeah, careful, and not Rockefeller and Rockefeller, Rockefeller. And All right, the posh version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so eighteenth <laughs> century version. Hello, Rockefeller. Yeah, <laughs> uh, touche. Well, yeah, but the thing is, are you guessing that that's what people will say? Well, or yeah, do you know? No, I don't. But that that's why I struggled with that sort of stuff as well, because it's just self-doubt on the way my mindset is with buying anything. Of so, course. But, that's the, but when you're designing a site, that is your job, to make it look different or make it look trustworthy by like adding social links. And like I was talking to you before, uh, earlier about um, creating a Facebook page, posting, posting items and just general posts on that Facebook page and then when you do post the product up you run an advert to that product worldwide that just gives you social interaction so it doesn't matter you're not trying to make a sale you're just trying to show it to people so they hit the thumbs up and like it and then when you do run your ad on your real target audience they look at it and go oh wow 500 people have liked this what's this it looks good straight away so when that gives you your social proof okay. they don't look at where these social people were liking it from so if they were coming from from india or new zealand or whatever you know they don't look where these people live they just see that you know dave smith has liked this product that's all they see so and that's how you build your social proof up you know and you you've just got to to keep trying but that's if you want to do drop shipping you might not fancy that that's just one way you could integrate your water sports or kite surfing or whatever sort of direction you want to go in eco-friendly stuff you could integrate that into your idea and then pull your t-shirts in after once you think oh okay this is looking all right you can stick your t-shirts up yeah it's worth a go it's worth it's worth trying i mean you know and like i said you've got the time to do this stuff and you don't have to spend loads of money you know five pound daily budget for so say 15 quid to run it for three days a global a global post three days 15 quid and you'll just get a few hundred likes on that page and that's what you're buying and then obviously if you have to wait a month because you haven't got enough money i don't know if you have to wait a month you just wait a month and then run the next lot of ads yeah no okay i i see the thinking but I just need to again do it or not do it, but it's, it's just deciding which way I am going to spend my time. Like you say, it's things can be done, but and yeah, time-wise, I, I probably do. I might have an hour here or there, but I should be doing stuff for repaired at your door as well, because that needs to survive. So it's all things go. Oh, I should do this. It. I should do that for repaired at your door. Otherwise, I'm going to go under and all this sort of stuff. And there's more competition. So <laughs> it's it is yeah. tough. It's yeah. But again, it's it is making excuses. You know, taking more away from creating action on something that I would enjoy. 
but, but you just got to feel like you're moving forward. You've got to feel like, you know, right, I want to, you know, you're going to have to make a, let's let's just say you start your, your Shopify store, okay, your, your Watersport Shopify store. You go, right, I'm creating it. You go, right, so it's, what is it now? I don't know what day it is now. Third, Wednesday? Wednesday. It's Wednesday. So you say, Friday night between 11 and 12 o'clock in the evening, I'm just going to research products on AliExpress. I'm not going to do any more than that, but I'm not going to do any less than that. I've got one hour definitely allocated to doing that. You get a pen and paper, an Excel spreadsheet, whatever. You copy and paste all your stuff that you find and then go, right, my next free hour is the following Friday, exactly the same time. And then just just start with the minimum. You can, you've definitely got an hour free that doesn't have to be allocated to repair at your door or your family or whatever you want to do. You must have an hour a week free. You just got to say to yourself, right, it's going to be dedicated to my new store. That's all it's going to do. And I'm going to do this for 10 hours. The first hour is going to be researching products, see what I can find. The second hour is going to be researching audience. So you're going to do Google trend searches. You're going to do Facebook ad hunting. You know, we find, um, like if there's a, there's a, a website, no, not a website, there's a link on Facebook called um, ad, it's like an ad researcher. I'll, I'll find the link. I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, and basically, you you click on this link. It's Facebook. It's a Facebook uh, page. And you type in the company that you want to look at. Okay, so you type in your big competitor. And then it shows you all the ads they're currently running on Facebook, Instagram, or anything to do with Facebook. And it will show you all their live adverts and what they're running. Mm, which is it's very handy even for my what, current you, business now i like it yeah there you go there you go so you type that in and you can see what they're running and you can see you know if it's been running a while it's probably been quite successful so you go right okay so that's something to base on that product there seems to be doing well click on the advert see how much interaction it's got you can see if it's liked loads of times you know and you can find all that out for free on facebook they tell you is that their own like page or is it some a third yeah, party it's, it's called um ad library so oh. um it's just called uh, facebook.com forward slash ads forward slash library is what it is but i'll link to it okay. so you type in it's just a big search bar and you can just type in um do you, do, give me a big give me a big uh water sports company do you know any off the top of uh, king of water sports king of well, i know this is not helping anybody here King of Water Sports, okay. So they've got 40,000 likes on their page. Uh, and they they are running no ads. Really? All. Nope, they're running no ads in any country at the minute. King of Water Sports. Right, so so you've got, you've got to think... They're not even running ads on Facebook. So, who, who are they targeting? Where are they advertising? So there you go, straight away you can go, right, I'm going to run some ads <laughs> on Facebook doing doing the kind of stuff they're doing, but targeting all the people they're not advertising to. Hmm. Yeah, they've got nothing, all platforms. That's Instagram, Audience Network, Messenger and Facebook. They're doing, they've got no ads running at the moment. That's, that's nuts. Yeah, there you go. But you can find all this out for free. It's unbelievable. Um, but anyway, so, okay. Uh, but that's something you can look at why not start there sit yourself an hour see how you get on okay yeah 
deal. Um, I'll, I'll look into it's it's looking into products or any sort of ideas. Anyway, I'll I'll see if it's viable because yeah, yeah. Again, I just I don't know what equipment can be replicated or not because a lot of it is very intricate and safety orientated. Obviously, with kite surfing, it's a very dangerous sport. So, of course. yeah. So but then all you need to do is this is just one idea. Get yourself a notebook and just write idea one water sports equipment can yeah. this be replicated and then you that is your book you start and you can start building up a list of stuff that you've tried at least mm-hmm. and you can start seeing what what doesn't 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 yeah, work like say, at least. making small steps at forward doing, progressing yeah, at least you're doing something ruling things out and doing some research yeah so what we'll do i'll hold you accountable and you can come back on the podcast and you can tell me where you've got to when you've got something to tell me okay Deal. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Deal. Deal. Um, okay. So we're gonna we're gonna call it quits there because we've run to about an hour already. Even though before the podcast I said yeah, don't really go past an hour. But <laughs> don't worry about that. <laughs> Just some snazzy editing if I can. Um, but yeah. But so that is that is the first guest of the of the podcast. So thank you so much for coming on, Kev. It's been awesome. Nice. Thank you for having me. Sorry about um, the poor voice. Ah, you're right. I've, it sounds fine to me um and again the thing is you've done it it's done is better than perfect as they say so you've done it now you've recorded a podcast you know this will go up live and it's out of your control okay uh, <laughs> so, um, so if you do me. have any questions yeah well yeah you go but it's not your problem now <laughs> but if you do have any questions you can email the show richard at cashflowpirate.com uh, again all the social medias twitter facebook instagram Cashflow Pirate everywhere. You can find me. It's got a big ship. It's turquoise colour and there's a big ship on the picture. You can't miss us. Um, if you have any questions for Kev, drop you know send send an email in. I'll pass them on, of course. And when we get Kev back on the show, if anything comes in, we'll um, we'll discuss it then. And hopefully we'll have at least something to talk about that you've taken action with, um, and, and see if we can move it forward. That'd be awesome if we can. Right. Okay. So that is the end of the show. Thank you very much for joining me. I hope you enjoyed it. Please let me know um, if you prefer interviews. I'll try and get some more interviews. If you don't, then I'll tell Kev to get lost. Whatever you fancy. <laughs> Don't be too harsh. <laughs> so thanks again. Uh, the next episode will be released when it's released. Keep an eye out. Take care. Best of luck. Bye-bye.